And so I uh, hope that you'll be uh, thinking about that and praying about that and, and doing whatever you can do to make a difference uh, in someone's life. Um, the truth is, and just real quick, we never can know, as Ed said, what the impact we have on human life. But God knows what we do. So the little things we do and the big things we do matter. And uh, sometimes it seems like just giving a, well, I'm just, I'm just giving a few dollars. It seems little until you think about the impact that can make in someone's life. So I hope you'll uh, pray about that. Uh, so as we are uh, here today, we're starting a new series, and I've been thinking about math. And um, one of the first things you learn in, in math, or maybe one of the first things I remember learning, is maybe a better way to say that, is that whole greater than and less than thing. All right? Now, I'm going to ask a question, and I'm going to ask you to be honest. How many of you had a hard time with greater than and less than off the get-go? Anybody besides me? Me and Dent. Uh, there's three, uh, three honest people. The rest of y'all, y'all need to pray. All right? So, I'm telling you that we'd have a test, and I can never remember what was greater than and what was less than. And I'd see those symbols, and I would go, um, I know it's, and I'm just had a hard time with it. I can never get them straight. Now, maybe that's the Carrollton education system, but then they go to Carrollton, so, you know, maybe it's just we're slow. I don't know. Maybe we're slow. I don't know. But here's what I do know. I finally figured out that whatever's the largest number, factor, is always at the biggest part of the symbol. Now, I should have figured that out pretty fast. But it took me a while to kind of figure that out. And once I figured that out, man, I was just, I was cooking through that. You know, once I, once I did that, I was kind of cooking through that. And I kind of think that's kind of how we are sometimes in our lives. I think sometimes we talk about how great God is, but then we treat him like he's not really greater than our stuff. That he's not really greater than our problems. He's not greater than our circumstances. He's not greater than our situation. Because I think sometimes we think that the biggest part of this greater than thing with God is points at us. But the truth is it always points to God. The reality is God's greater than anything you'll face in your life. Anything. God's greater than the mess you're going to make in your own life. God's greater than the mess I'll make in my life. God's greater than my situations. God's greater than my pain. God's greater than my problems. God's greater than my relationship issues. God's greater than my business problems. Whatever you fill that blank in, However you look at it, God is greater than anything you'll face on this planet. That's the fact. Now, we talk a good game, and a lot of us say that, and we say that we believe that, and I think we actually believe that, but the proof comes when you trust God with something that makes no sense to trust God with. When, when you are dealing with something that's so big, that the only thing logical to do is turn it over to God, but instead you keep trying to make it better and instead you just keep making it worse and worse and worse. And so we're going to be talking for the next five weeks about this idea of God is greater than. And so today, uh, this week, we're going to kind of kick this thing off with just an introduction. And then we're going to be very specific on some things in the next few weeks. So Here's the question it all starts with. If God is greater than my circumstances, whatever I face, here's the real question. How great is God? 
We sing about it. We just sing. We just sang about, you know, uh, how great God is. We, we talk about how great God is. But you ever stop to think about that? How great is God? How would you answer that question? And we may say things, well, God, he's great because he made everything. He's great because he's all-powerful. He's great because he loves us. He's great because he's eternal. And we could throw all these things in, but the truth is all these things just lead to more questions. So I'm going to let you off the hook. There is no adequate way to express how great God is with our words. We can talk about it. But if you ever try to explain to someone how great God is, I'll bet you that every time you think you've nailed it, they'll ask you a question. And when you nail that question, they ask you another question. Because there's always a yeah, but when it comes to this question. So we're going to look at what the Bible says about the greatness of God. And this is what the psalmist says. It says in Psalm 92, Before the mountains were born, before you gave birth to the earth and the world from beginning to end, you are God. In other words, the psalmist says this. God is so great that he has no beginning and no end. He is from ever, the Bible says, from everlasting to everlasting. So it means that God has no beginning and no end. It means God always has been. And we have a really hard time with that, if we're honest. Because everything has a beginning on our planet, right? Human life has a beginning. Human life has an end. Um, Nobody lives forever. Some people live long, long lives. Some people live short lives. But every life is the same, and it has an end, a beginning, and it has an end. Cultures, you study history. I'm a, I, like, I like history. Um, every culture, which is kind of scary when you kind of think you're in the middle of some stuff. Every culture on the planet has a beginning, and every culture on the planet has had an end. It's just the way it works. Civilizations have beginnings, they have ends. Buildings have beginnings, and eventually they have ends. There's not a lot of buildings uh, standing fully intact that are like, you know, three, four, or five hundred years old. There may be pieces of them up, but every building, everything has a beginning, and everything has an end. And so when you talk about how great God is, the Bible tells us that God is so great that he just always has been. Now, if you can, if that's hard to wrap your head around, that's okay. Because it's not meant for us to understand. It's meant for us to accept in faith. No beginning, no end. But, but also, when you talk about the greatness of God, think about creation. How great is God? This is how great God is. When we want to make something, we have to come up with a plan. We have to recruit some people to help us. And we have to, you know, we have to get people to do it for us. We're in the process of going through this this with our building project, right? Well, we have to get someone to draw some things. We got to figure out what we want. We have to do a lot. But God, he just spoke and things started happening. He just spoke. God spoke and there were trees. God spoke and there were planets. God spoke and there was space. God spoke and there were stars. God spoke and there were rivers and oceans and laws of nature and laws of aerodynamics. And, and, and there's all these things that we accept because we think we've studied them out and figured them out. God made all that. And he just spoke. So when you're trying to wrap your heads around how great God is, just think about the fact that he just 
spoke it into existence. Now, one of the great mysteries and one of the great debates in our world today is, this, is the Big Bang Theory. Now, I don't mean the Big Bang Theory that comes on TV with Penny and Sheldon. I'm on board with that Big Bang Theory, not this one, okay? So just so we're clear which one we're talking about. And so there's all this debate, and maybe you have some strong feelings about it, and so I'm not here to debate that, okay? I'm not even here to discuss it with you when church is over today. Because the Big Bang Theory, and it's just in a nutshell, basically says... There were these gases in space, and there was nothing. There was an explosion, and all of a sudden, there was stuff. Now, I know you teachers are, oh, it's not exactly. I'm just being simplistic. It's just an overview, okay? And so, and, and the old story, and I'm sure you've heard this before, to me, it's like the, the tornado hitting the junkyard, you know, and, and out spits an F1, a 2019 F-150. If that happens, I want it. I'm calling dibs on it right now, if that happens, all right? Just so we know. But that's kind of what it means. And when we think about it that way, we go, well, that's silly. But the very same folks who would tell you that's silly will tell you that there was, noth- there, were, there was nothing in space and then there was an explosion and all of a sudden things just started happening. Here's the question that you have to ask. And this is the question where the conversation starts. And, and it goes like this. So let's say I, accepted the, I accept that. Let's say that I believe you, I'm on board. Great. I only have one question for you. Where'd space come from? Where'd those gases come from? Where'd those particles come from? How'd they get here? And when you start asking that question, well, 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 you know, and the simple answer is somebody had to put it there. That's the simple answer. Everything begins and ends with God. If you believe in that, that's great. If you don't, that's great. If you think there are Christians who think that's how, what God used to create everything, if you're one of those, it's not going to keep you out of heaven. And if you don't, it's not going to keep you out of heaven. But God is so great that he spoke everything into existence everything and God is so great that he's interested in what I do which leads to a greater question if God is so great and God's greater than everything and anything that I'll face in my life if God is so awesome and powerful that he created everything here's the question if you want to talk about the greatness of God and it's simply this why is God interested in me why would God who spoke everything in existence who's managing the universe why would he be interested in little old me? What have I done to get on God's radar? What have I done to get God's attention? And the answer is really, really simple. It really is simple. If you're one of those folks who kind of wonders, I'm not real sure, God, sure God's interested in me. God is absolutely interested in you. And we're going to camp here the rest of the day. Here's all you need to know. Of all the things God created... Trees, animals, rivers, oceans, stars, planets, moons, all the things. Only one is created in his image. And that's us. We are, you are, I am, we are God's greatest creation. Not a planet, not a star. Not the laws of gravity. 
not a sunset. You and I, we are God's greatest creation. Why is God interested in me? Because God created me to fit with him and to be like him, to, to fit together. God made me like him. Can I explain that? Absolutely not. Am I going to try? Absolutely not. So if you're waiting for that, you can talk to someone smarter than me. Okay? So God is interested in me, and so if God is interested in me, it means God's greater than what I'm dealing with. So how can I know for sure that God's interested in me? How can I know for sure that God's greater than what I'm going through? So here's what I want to tell you. Three truths. Just three truths I want to talk to you about just for a few minutes today. And here's the first one. Here's the first thing we need to understand. That God knows my circumstances. And God knows your circumstances. God knows what's going on in your life. God knows everything. God knows the good, the bad, the ugly. God knows what you're dealing with. God knows your pain. God knows what's going on in your life. Now, the Bible, we, we learn in the Bible that God is omniscient, which means he has a perfect knowledge of all things. That's a really fancy way to say this. God knows everything. That's the technical definition of omniscient, a perfect knowledge of all things. It means God knows everything. Everything there is to know, God knows it. Everything there ever has been to know, God knows it. Everything that will be known in the future, he already knows. He knows everything. He knows everything that's happened in your life. He knows everything that will happen in your life. Isaiah says it this way in Isaiah 55. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. God knows your pain. God knows your struggle. God knows how you feel. God knows you're hurting. God knows what you're going through. How can I be for sure? Well, well let's, let's do, we're going to do my favorite thing. And we're going to bring, I'm going to take a, a reality of something God created that's really complex and, and, and show you that if God can do this, then he can know what's going on in my life. So we know God created everything, and, and, and we talked about this a little bit before, but one of the things God created was light and the speed of light, 186,000 miles a second. That's cooking. If you can go that fast, you are never getting pulled over. You are safe and good to go. All right? God's got to pull you over. 186,000 miles a second is how fast light is. So we're going to do a test. So we're going, we're going to do this to make sure we can do this. All right, so I'm going to, I'm going to say one, two, three, and all three, we're all going to clap. Ready? All right, this is the, we're going to do, this is the, this is the, see if we can do it right. We're going to see if you are coordinated because I am not. Ready? One, two, three, clap. All right, that's the test. All right, here we go. Ready? One, two, three, clap. Here's a really cool thing. In the time that we clapped, light traveled six times around the planet. That's how fast light is. Check this out. In one minute, light travels 11 million miles. In one day, light travels 16 billion miles. In one year, light travels 5,865,696,000,000 miles. How do I know God knows what's going on in my life? Because God did that. Because he did that. He created something that's so incredibly simple yet complex. That, but we can understand that. And if God can do that, and since God did that, 
then God can know what's going on in my life. God can know my problems. I can be confident that whatever I'm dealing with, God knows what's going on in my life. The psalmist says it this way, the 147th Psalm. How great is our Lord. His power is absolute. His understanding is beyond comprehension. In other words, God is so great that he knows everything that's going on in your life. When you think no one cares, when you think no one's paying attention, God knows what's going on in your life. Psalm 56, 8 says that God collects our tears, which means that God's in tune with our pain, our agony, our hurt. Luke and Matthew tell us God is so infinitely involved in our lives that he counts the number of hairs on our head, even mine. Now, the math here is simple. I mean, it's simple here. For some of y'all, it's a little more complex. But God is so in tune with us, he knows how many hairs are on your head. He's so in tune with us that he collects our tears. You may think no one knows. No one cares. No one knows what I'm going through. No one knows my pain. No one knows my hurt. No one knows my loneliness. No one knows how I feel. No one knows. There's always someone who knows. There's always someone who knows. And that's the creator of everything. Who, who is so great that he can create the universe and at the same time be infinitely involved in your life. He knows everything that's going on in your life. And, he, and not only that, because if that was the case, you know, if that's kind of the first layer of this, so if that's the case, well, God knows what's going on. Well, big whoop. He's not, I mean, if that's all there is to it, big deal, right? So there's another layer to this. Not only does God know what's going on in my life, but God is, in, is present in my circumstances. In other words, whatever I'm going through, God's with me. He doesn't just know what I'm going through. He's going through it with me. The Bible calls it omnipresent. And omnipresent basically means that God is universally present at all times and in all places. Now, that's, that's the technical definition. Let me break it down for you because I'm a simple dude, right? God is everywhere all the time. At the same time. And that's really difficult for us. Because we like explaining things. We're not quantifying things and we can't explain this and we can't quantify this. God is universally present everywhere all the time at all times. All, that means past, present, and future. Now, so look at it this way. So right now, um, well, in, in some time, I don't, the time differences are, or I've got a friend in Nashville, Tennessee, who's either preaching or getting ready to start a church service. Uh, I've got a friend in Japan who is uh, getting ready to do their thing. Um, I've got a friend in Colorado who's getting ready to do his thing right now. God is with me. God is with Randy. God is with Tim and God is with Steve at the same time. He's present with all of us at the same time. Which means when you think God's so busy kind of managing the universe, he doesn't have time for you, he does. Because he's present with what's going on in your life. He, he is with you no matter what's happening. 
So this is what the Isaiah says in Isaiah 66. This is what the Lord says. Heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. I love the way Jeremiah says it. It says this way. Am I God who is only close at hand? Says the Lord, no, I am away at the same time. Can anyone hide from me in a secret place? I, am I not everywhere in all the heavens and earth? Says the Lord. God is everywhere. And not only is God everywhere, but God, we have his full attention all the time, no matter where we are. So once again, think of it this way. There are times in my life that Crystal Lakin wants my attention. And when I'm watching television, that doesn't go well. By the way, I believe with all my heart, whoever invented the DVR was a husband who said, I got to find a way to watch TV and listen to my wife. The pause button is an awesome thing if you use it. Because you can pause and turn and look. Now, I don't do it, but I'm just saying, <laughs> be smarter than me, right? Just be smarter than me. And, but sometimes she needs my attention. And I need to give her my attention. Sometimes my kids need my attention from four hours away. Sometimes on the ball field, there's 22 soccer girls who need my attention. Sometimes someone in my church family needs my attention. And sometimes I need my attention. Here's what I know. I can give, I can watch television and I can listen to Crystal, but I can't give either one my full attention, right? When there's 22 girls going, Coach Jay, Coach Jay, Coach Jay, I'm going, ah, one at a time. Just one at a time. Because I can't, Give them all my full attention. When my kids want my full attention, I have to focus. Now, when Riley Jane's on the other end of her phone, she gets my full attention. That's, that's a whole different thing. We can't, are incapable of splitting our attention. But God's not. While God's giving his full attention to managing the universe, he gives his full attention to what's going on in your life. He gives his full attention to your pain. He gives his full attention to your sorrow. How do I know God is greater than my circumstances? Because he's present in my circumstances. And as he's present in mine, he's present in yours. I remember um, some years back, I was thinking about this this past weekend when all the kids were home for Easter. I don't know if it was Alex's freshman or sophomore year, but... He called in a panic one night. He'd been home for the weekend, and he called. He said, Dad, I left all my soccer, my practice stuff at home. I said, well, what are you going to do about that? He said, I need it for practice. It's cleat, shin guards. I said, what if you don't have it? He says, uh, that's not a, even an option. So I had to make a choice. I had a busy day that next day, and I could do what I had planned to do, or I could get in my car and spend all day driving across the state. You want to guess what I did? Drove across the state. Because I'm going to be in one place at once. And I had to choose. God didn't have to choose. God didn't have to go, hey, wait, 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 wait. You know, God didn't go, hey, hold, hold on over here. I, 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 want, I care about what you're saying, but I got, I got to deal with this first. And then there's an earthquake. I mean, he can give his full attention and be present everywhere all the time. How do I know God's greater than my circumstances? Because he is with me all the time. He's with you all the time. 
Now, if God knows my circumstances and God's present in my circumstances, but that's all there is, we would go, big deal. So there's gotta be another layer. So the last layer of this is that God can empower my circumstances. God can empower my circumstances. Now, what it means is whatever I need from God, God is capable of giving me. The Bible calls it omnipotent. It means God has all the power necessary to meet any challenge. That's the technical definition. All the power necessary to meet any challenge. Simplistically, it means this. God's got all the power in the world, can do anything he wants to do. There, he has no limits. He has no boundaries. If you, if you have no beginning and you have no end, you have no boundaries and you have no limits. God can do anything he chooses to do, and that's the rub. Anything he chooses to do. The Bible's filled with all kinds of people that, that God empowered in their circumstances and, and, and pulled them through and did great things. Your life most likely was a story of how God showed up in your life in a big way and, and helped you get through something you couldn't get through without him. I bet everyone's got a story like that. I got tons of them. But there is some catch to this. And so, and, and, and you look at the life of Moses. Just consider for a second the life of Moses and all the things Moses went through. And when you think about Moses, I heard, um, I heard another preacher that I like to listen to talk about this years ago. So I'm fixing to steal this from him completely and totally. But he talks about the, how God empowers us. And his theory, he calls it power along the way. That God gives us power along the way. Which means basically this. God gives us what we need when we need it. So he doesn't give us in advance what we need to deal with what's coming. When we are in a crisis, God empowers us in that crisis. He doesn't overwhelm us with his power. He doesn't give us anything less than we need. But along the way, in my life, and I'll bet in your life, God has shown up in your life and shown up in your circumstances and empowered you and helped you get through something. Doesn't mean God's not with you all the time because we've already hit that. It means that when you study the Bible and you look, for example, at the life of Moses, God never gave Moses anything he needed ahead of time. He gave him what he needed along the way every time he needed something. And he gave him absolutely what he needed. It was never less and it was never more. It was just what he needed. Now, here's the thing. God's, God's provision for us is excess. Because the truth is, God blesses us beyond comprehension, right? I mean, God blesses us in ways we can't even fathom and imagine. But when we are in a crisis, he gives us what we need when we need it. But there's also another catch to that. And the catch is, that we have to be obedient to him. If you want God's provision, you've got to be on his team. You've got to be on board. You've got to be obedient to him. So think of it this way. Once again, I stole this, so I'm just going to share it with you. To access God's power in your life, your faith has to be stronger than your resistance to obeying God. Let me say that again. To access God's power in your life, 
Your faith in God's gotta be stronger than your resistance to obeying him. In other words, when the chips are down, do you trust God more than you trust yourself? When it makes no sense to trust God and do what God wants you to do and lean into him, will you choose to do that or will you choose to do things on your own? That's the question. That, that, that's really what it's all about. That's, that's Moses' life story in a nutshell. You know what happened when Moses disobeyed God? When Moses did things his way, do you know what happened? God didn't work in his life in the same way. But when Moses was obedient to God, when Peter was obedient to God, when Paul was obedient to God, and you study all these people in the Old and New Testament, when they were obedient to God, God always showed up and did exactly what they needed exactly when they needed it. And that's what he does for us. How can I know that God's greater than my circumstances? Because he always shows up to help me navigate whatever's going on in my life. The simple truth is this, is God is greater than anything. God's greater than anything, and that's because that great God loves you. How, do you, how can I tell you how great God is? How can I assure you that God is greater than anything you're gonna face in your life? It's really simple. He sent Jesus into the world. He sent Jesus. He made us to fit with him. Jesus walked and lived like a human being. God chose us and he chose to love us. And it is because God loves us that I assure you whatever you're dealing with in your life, God's greater than your circumstances, whatever they are. The question is, are you willing to trust God with your circumstances? Lord, we are thankful um, that you are you know, we know how, that you are greater than the stuff we deal with in our life. I think sometimes we, we fall into this trap of thinking because it's our mess, that you're not greater than our mess. You are greater than anything, our mess or someone else's mess. When we blow it, you are greater than that. When life is unfair to us, you are greater than that. Whatever hurt, whatever pain, whatever sorrow, whatever struggle, you are greater than anything we'll face in our life. And you empower us with exactly what we need when we need it. And sometimes you empower us in ways that we don't even understand that you're blessing us. That's how great you love us. We're thankful that you loved us so much you sent Jesus into the world to prove how great you are. We're thankful for the cross. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand now as we're going to have a time of decision?